I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Travel with Googs. A trip to Disney World will excite, give you sore feet, and if you're not careful, empty your wallet. On our third trip, we went as adults with no children or grandchildren. It's been a while since our last visit, and the parks have certainly changed since then. I've driven through the Orlando area a number of times and was amazed to see a theme park almost everywhere you look. And you have time to look since traffic is horrific. Disney World has expanded by leaps and bounds with the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and the Animal Kingdom. And that doesn't include the two water parks. Who knows what else they plan? One couple we met said they prefer Disneyland in California since it's not so spread out. Besides that, there's Universal SeaWorld and others we had never heard of. I've traveled all over the world, and the planning needed for a trip to Disney is more important than visits elsewhere. You, of course, need to figure out when you want to go. Sounds basic, right? Well, it's not. You don't want to be there around holidays or weekends. We were there midweek in a February. It was crowded and at times difficult to get from one area to the other. I can't imagine how bad it can get. Times Square is nothing compared with the pedestrian traffic there. And keep in mind, there are a lot of strollers and carriages. You also need to figure out when to get tickets and what kind to get. The earlier you order them, the less expensive it will be. Do you want to spend all day in one park, or do you want to visit more than one in a day? Say the Magic Kingdom in the morning and Animal Kingdom in the afternoon. If you get a ticket for one day per park, you can leave and come back, but only to that park. But one thing that is absolutely crucial is getting fast pass. We didn't have it the first day, but got it for the other two. Without it, there's a good chance you won't get to see nearly any of the things you're looking forward to. We saw half a dozen attractions at Animal Kingdom, while a couple we talked to hardly saw anything. With FastPass, you can set up the times for three different attractions before you get to the park and skip the regular line. You can then add attractions later in the day after you see the first three rides or shows. Having FastPass doesn't guarantee you will definitely get on the ride that is a must because it's already booked, but there is a much better chance of success. The earlier you set up your appointments, the better it is, so don't wait until the last moment. Depending on whether or not you are staying in the park, you can make reservations 30 or 60 days before you arrive. There are many advantages to staying inside the park. They have a wide range of accommodations. I highly recommend it if you have kids. It's actually a pretty good idea for adults, too, since being there all day can be exhausting. This way you can take a break and easily go back to your room for a rest or swim and then return later in the day. You are given a band that looks like a watch that has all your pertinent information so you don't have to carry a wallet or room key. Another advantage is you may get an extra hour before and after the opening and closing times. Staying outside the park also has its advantages, one being price since there are some low-cost options. It's also nice to get a break from Disney. We were at a timeshare outside that had a shuttle. You were obviously limited to the shuttle times, but if you drive, you have to put up with the traffic. Parking is $25 for the day, but either $45 or $50 if you want the preferred lot. It was cold and windy a few times as we waited for our shuttle to leave, so you have to decide which works best for you. Be there at opening time if there are a few rides you really want to see. Rush to those when the gates open, and there's a good chance you won't have a long wait. Get to those rides that are well inside the park first, not the ones where you enter since those fill up immediately. Still didn't get to the ride you want? 
Go there at the end of the day, and if you're online at closing time, you'll get on. We looked at a number of tourist books before going and picked the Lonely Planet Guide, mainly because it fits in your pocket. You don't want to lug around an average-sized tourist book. In fact, the less amount of stuff you bring into the park, the happier you'll be. And keep in mind, your bags will be searched. Wondering what to wear? Comfortable shoes are a must. Otherwise, don't worry what you look like, since no one else does. We were among the very few who did not have Disney gear. I have never seen so many varieties of mouse ears. Shirts of every imaginable color and design. A lot of red skirts with white polka dots a la Minnie Mouse. Many groups visiting together had shirts made with Mickey and Minnie and their names. The best shirt I saw was one that said the most expensive day ever. And it certainly can be. Nothing is inexpensive. Some people buy Disney gear before they get to the park to save money. A small Disney pocketbook cost $8.95 at Walmart, $12.95 at our resort, and even more inside the park. I can't imagine how much they make every day from the sale of merchandise, all of it Disney branded. Necklaces, charms, bracelets, shirts, pants, you name it, they sell it, and they sell it all over the park. Pink and gold and brown and black and blue and yellow and purple, all kinds of toys and figurines. They even have areas where you can trade your charms. My favorite toy was a bubble machine with Mickey Mouse ears that cost 28 bucks. Be careful when making lunch or dinner reservations. It may seem obvious, but not all of the Disney restaurants are in the park. Some are located in Disney Springs, a beautifully designed shopping center a short drive away that houses a multiplex movie theater, the NBA Experience, and a Disney customer relations office that is very helpful. We had a three-day pass in which you visit one park a day. Having been to Epcot years ago, we picked that to start our visit. We were always amazed at how clean the parks were. One of the first things we noticed is how that's changed. Now, don't get me wrong, they're not dirty, but they are also not as spotless as we remembered. Others said the same thing. And some of the restrooms might not have enough paper. It's a shame, but Disney has obviously cut back in this area. I even remember a story years ago in which they showed how they keep everything spotless. The international area is incredibly crowded. Go to China, which has a continually showing movie in a round theater that takes you all over the country. It is one of the best tourist movies I've seen. You see the Great Wall, Beijing and Tiananmen Square, and the countryside, among other areas. There is a wide variety of countries in the area, even places like Marrakesh, but some are nothing but ways to sell merchandise. Since we did not have fast pass that first day, we had to wait in long lines. It took over an hour for a boat ride that took 10 minutes. The same for another ride. Test track, the ride I really wanted to see was closed for several days, but obviously that can happen. We were very lucky to see a musical show. We left dinner and stood behind the barriers when one of the ushers came up to us and asked if we'd like to see it from the side viewing areas. He was very nice and the show was terrific with some of the singers having been in the show on Broadway. The best part of Epcot, though, was the fireworks show. An amazing array of bursting lights filled the sky over the lake. At times, these weren't the normal fireworks, but fireflies of colored lights crisscrossing the sky. I've never seen anything like it, and I have no idea how they can do something like that. We had a terrific dinner at the German beer garden. Plenty of delicious food. The sauerbraten and red cabbage were excellent, and the brownie was to die for. A German oompa band put on a fun show, and there's an area where you can dance along. It was just as good as it had been years ago, 
Luckily, we had a reservation. I was really looking forward to Hollywood Studios the second day of our three-day visit. It was extremely crowded, and keep in mind, this was a midweek February day. Star Wars launch day will make you feel as if you're on a galactic trip. As the line winds through the launch pad, R2-D2 and C-3PO act as air controllers getting everything ready for your flight. You are then given roles as pilot or navigator or other positions in your spaceship for a ride that winds its way through the galaxy. You see Mother Earth with the continents below as you head into space. Miss Death Ray sent your way by enemy fighters and fly through narrow crevices before heading home. It's a fun ride. I'm a big fan of the Muppets in 3D, and you won't be disappointed with both at Muppets Vision 3D. It's a fun show with many of your favorite characters. Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is the story of a group that entered a Hollywood elevator and were turned into ghosts. It is not for those who get seasick since you are strapped into an elevator-type ride in pitch blackness with several big drops as your stomach jumps up and down. Unfortunately, you can't do everything in one day, so I was not able to ride the rock and roll roller coaster. That's why if you are only there for one day, you really have to do some planning. We originally had dinner reservations but canceled them so we could see more attractions. It was easy to get a meal at the ABC commissary, but don't expect a fantastic dinner. And while you could grab a pretzel at Epcot, we had a lot of trouble getting snacks during the day while at Hollywood Studios. They really should add some more outside vendors. Our third and last day was our happiest as we spent our time at the Animal Kingdom. It's the only one I would go back to. Not having kids with us, we opted not to see the Magic Kingdom. Up, a great bird adventure is spectacular, with beautiful birds flying across the stadium just above your head. The dialogue is a bit cheesy, but worth it. Kilimanjaro Safari is excellent. You drive through the African savanna in a real four-wheel drive vehicle and see all kinds of animals. Elephants, zebras, giraffes, lions, alligators. These are real animals, and it actually feels like an African safari, which I've been on. Animal Kingdom also has a number of viewing areas through the park to see wildlife. Another terrific attraction is the 3D show, It's Tough to Be a Bug. It's fun to have them right in front of you. Finding Nemo the Musical was superbly acted. Unfortunately, I was never able to get on the Avatar ride and may return just for that. Thankfully, we had Fast Pass and were able to change some of our rides and shows through very helpful people at customer service kiosks. I wish there were more of these booths through the park. In concluding, I can't stress enough the need to plan well ahead of your visit. But you have to realize whenever you go, it's going to be crowded. You might want to consider two separate vacations, since covering the whole park in one trip can be a chore. We had enough after three days. I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Travel with Googs.